Hey, it's the fabulous one, Jimmy King over here, and I'm Terry Foster. Join us at 1 p.m. Thursday and Friday. Really? <laughs> no, they got me. I got you. I got you. All right. Hello, everybody. Terry Foster here. Uh, Jimmy King is at a big event, so uh, uh, he'll be joining us a little bit later. But um, I'm, so I'm here with Maz. Hey, buddy. Good day. Good day. Good day. Hey, um, last night I received an email from a friend of mine in California, and it was a online petition to get the NBA logo changed from Jerry West to Kobe Bryant. They've gotten over two million signatures. They did not get mine. I did not sign it. You know, despite the tragedy this week and right. and how we feel sorry for. Kobe and his daughter Gigi. We want to rename the whole NBA after him, right? Yeah, now. The, uh, the the KBA. Yep, Kobe Basketball Association. I I do not believe that uh, Kobe Bryant should be the logo no. of the NBA. As much as I love him, mm-hmm. and I even saw it on a video billboard here on uh, I seventy five and on I six ninety six. How did it look? Look great. It flashed up, changed the logo, huge letters, and had Kobe as the Jerry West logo, and obviously. If you're going to change the logo, it's MJ. That I, I agree with you on that one. So we can't even argue about that. No. But I think what we do as a society is we get so caught up and we get so emotional about things that sometimes when we want to make major change, we need to step away from it. Was anybody talking about Kobe Bryant being the logo prior to the helicopter accident? No, but we were starting to talk about him because – his face is everywhere. He's on talk shows. He's, uh, you saw that viral video of him and Gigi at, at Brooklyn about a month ago. Remember when she was talking with him? Yes. And he was talking back with her, and she's like making that Kobe face back at him. Right. You know, like they, she's, she's giving yeah, him stuff she, back. Yeah, she knows her stuff. And like he said, this kid would have been probably the face of the WNBA when she made it eventually or whatever college she chose. They could, they could choose uh they could use her as the logo for the WNBA. Absolutely. If she had uh, gone But no, through, we but. weren't we weren't talking about changing the logo to Kobe. If we talked about anybody, it was always going to be Michael Jordan. Right. Always. I I think because he changed the league. Uh, there's a generation of players they want to be like Mike, like the song says. Um he he um he had to get through the Pistons, obviously. But in order to do that, uh, the NBA changed rules for Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, traveling is different now sure is. than it was before Jordan. The moves that I see guys make are different now because of Michael Jordan. The Euro step. The Euro step and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, Kobe Bryant didn't introduce the Mamba, the Black Mamba mentality to the NBA. He learned that from Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Because Michael Jordan uh, was the most competitive guy. I I mean, I would throw in Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, Kobe Bryant, the most competitive guys. In my head, right away. Right Right away, I think of Michael Jordan on Father's Day puking his guts out and winning an NBA championship. I think of uh, Isaiah hopping around on one leg, playing through the pain. You know, I, I think of Kobe... When he blows out his Achilles, finishing the free throw shots. Correct. To, I mean, those are the three guys. You you hit him on the head, on the head. Those are the three guys I would, I would lean on. But Jerry West, you know, he was the man. He was the logo. He, he was and, the man. Jerry West said, uh, I think he told Rachel Nichols on ES. She was on ESPN, yeah, not CNN at the time. That I don't want 
the logo anymore. Wow. Let's let's get somebody else to do it. Um, if they want to change, I'm fine with that. So, um, no way, you don't change something. Well, for the hell you, of it. Well, you know what, you do in today's society. You do look at uh, college football. You know these guys wear different uniforms every week. Right. There is a um, there, there's this little telecast I see on on uh, on the internet. Yeah. This guy he travels to uh, the elite football programs. And with the and and with the equipment managers show them they show them four or five uniforms they might wear that weekend and it's all predicated on how the fellows are feeling that weekend <laughs> so you never know what's going on. I mean I, I'll give the University of Michigan some credit heck yeah they never change it's blue or white that's it okay or maize or yeah whatever they wear the they wear the yeah, gold okay the gold they wear the gold Oregon uh, they wear yellow they, they wear, wear green. everything. They wear their puke brown. Yeah. Uh, they wear all kinds of stuff. different helmets. Um, some of these telecasts I've seen, they have like five or six helmets ready to go. Dif- different colors, different logos, different decals. Do you remember back in the 70s? I think it was the Cotton Bowl. And I don't know who Notre Dame was playing. But they went in at halftime with one jersey. They came out in the second half with the green jerseys. Yes. Do you remember that game? And they wound up winning that game. And I forget exactly who they played, but it was the Cotton Bowl. And they came out in those green jerseys. That was like the first time back in my day, back in my childhood, that I ever remember a team changing. It was so exciting. Wow. Right. They changed at halftime. Look at that. I, I don't understand why Notre Dame doesn't wear green all the time, except for this. The, the uniforms, the blue with the uh, gold helmet, look so sweet. So that's probably why they sure don't does. do it. But, you know. They they're the Fighting Irish and Fighting Irish are green and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They probably should wear green, but I think their uniform looks so good. They decide now we're not going to do it. Well, the guy that started changing uniforms for Michigan is on the phone with us. It's Jimmy King. Oh yeah, that's he right. changed the socks. That's right, Mr. King. <laughs> Jimmy, Hello? hey, what's hey. up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's going on? How y'all doing? We're hanging in there. What what about you? Yeah, just hanging, just hanging. Just spoke to some uh, kids out here in Westlands. Great program. Oh, I thought um, you were tired of me already. <laughs> <laughs> Never that. You know, I'm trying to rush me to hang with you guys. Okay. You walked out on the video portion of the show here, you know, in, in, in the open. Now we figured you walked out on <laughs> That's the right. Yeah, <laughs> it's the radio. So. Hey, Jimmy, we, we were talking about um, the logo in the NBA. Obviously, it's uh-huh. Jerry West now. There's an online petition. They have mm-hmm. over 2 million signatures to change mm-hmm. it to Kobe Bryant. A friend of mine who lives um, out in L.A. sent me an online petition last night. I did not sign mm-hmm. it, and I'm not going to sign it. I just, despite the tragedy, despite how, where, you know, how we are right now emotionally with Kobe Bryant, I just don't think he should be the logo of the NBA. Even though Jerry West has said he no longer wants to be mm-hmm. logo— I, I just think Michael Jordan should uh, have that honor. You know, I agree with you. If, if you know, right now I think the emotions are high. Um, and, and you know, it, I, I personally wouldn't mind if it was changed uh, to Kobe for that, for the sentimental reasons. But um, I think it's, it's, it's deeper than that. Um, you know, <laughs> when you start talking about the life – Likeness or the like, uh, the likeness of a of a player, and and then you start talking about the the money that that's going to generate. I think that'll stop 
all of the emotion when it when it gets down to uh, them actually thinking about changing the logo. You know that, you know, even Jerry West, and we all know that the silhouette is of Jerry West. However, the NBA doesn't acknowledge that it's Jerry West because they would have to pay him. <laughs> so I don't see them actually, <laughs> you know, at this point, especially um, with the way that uh, Kobe's estate is going to go through the roof, them changing it to Kobe. I could see them possibly, you know, changing it where you could see it and you could say, oh, yeah, that kind of looks like Kobe or MJ, you know, yeah. and, or MJ. They'll both want to uh, get paid. Right, but they'll both want to get paid, so I don't see that happening. Let me ask you guys this. If there was, if I gave you a player, you, you could see Michael Jordan, and you could probably figure out it was him. Kobe, I don't know if you mm-hmm. could figure out if it was him. But I'll tell you a player the that only, everyone could figure out. It would have been Julius Irving, because you would have had him going in. Afro. You would have had him going in with an afro <laughs> right. and the ball in front of him, ready to jam. You, you know the, yeah. you know that silhouette. Well, you you would know the Shaq one too, because yeah. it would be so yeah, fat. With the, with, <laughs> no, it would be big. No, he'd be jamming it with his legs right. up in the air. You know, right, with his, absolutely. With his legs bent. I mean, so Jerry what, West. <laughs> no one even knows that's Jerry West except you and me. Well, not a yeah, lot of people yeah. know that. I think that's pretty well known. Yeah, it's universal. It's pretty well known that people assume, you know, but the, the NBA won't admit it just because they have to pay them. Right. Yeah. They, and, if you, they, and if you're looking at any, and, and I think there is a, a silhouette where, a, you know, we've seen the videos of Kobe and Jordan where other uh, transposed where uh, it'll start with Mike and then it'll switch to Kobe and then back to Mike and the Kobe. Yeah, that was amazing. And, 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 you know, I think that, you know, there's signature moves that, uh, they do. That's obviously uh, just the like that. If you put a silhouette of that, it could be either or. And if they do something like that, I could see that kind of going over. But I just don't see it ultimately at the end of the day um, when you're talking about branding um, a league, because then you're bringing in an individual. You have to acknowledge that, and then it, it just kind of gets dicey from there. And I think they lose value um, when they if they try to go to a, a specific player, a particular player, and and name that player, um, I think it kind of gives away the mystique. Yeah, I think they would just change it and not say anything. We would all know what they're doing. Right. But, you know, right. it's crazy. I brought it up to you the other day, Terry. I said, just use the jump man. And you're like, no, that'll be like the Nike <laughs> right. Basketball Association. No, Nike but like but that's, that's Jordan. Well, you know what you could do? You could change the uniforms to Nike and just put the jump man yeah. over there so you don't have to pay him extra. You're paying him already for the jerseys. Right. <laughs> and see, and if, if, like, that's a deal that can be done. But at the end of the day, they'll still have that NBA logo on there. <laughs> yeah. Right, absolutely. Now, you were a teammate of Kobe Bryant. So you guys yeah. went up against each other in practice, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you had chats, and he, uh, you know, lectured you and 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 mm-hmm. gave you life lessons and everything. What was it like to be <laughs> a teammate of Kobe Bryant? And what was the most important, or maybe the most impactful thing he ever told you? You know, it's funny. You know, you ask that question because he was so young at that time, and. You know, you almost kind of looked at him sideways. You give him a sideways look, like, who is this kid that's really talking like he's a veteran already, who's talking like he won championships and he's accomplished so many things. But it was just him um, really 
speaking into existence and, and, and really being comfortable in knowing who he was and felt who he was and going to be as a player. And I remember specifically sitting in the locker room and we were talking about greatness and he was asking about, you know, being a part of the Fab Five and how did we become great as the Fab Five? What sacrifices did we make? What was our focus? What were our goals? Um, how did we, uh, what did we do in practice? And, you know, what were the things that we worked on individually? These are the questions that, you know, he asked me uh, specifically. Um, but, but, but the one thing that actually touched me um, was when he said to me that he emulated Jordan and myself. And mm-hmm. Jordan, for the reason of him obviously being uh, the best in his eyes at the time, um, dominating the, the professional game, the NBA game. And then he also said that he watched me because of the dominance of the college game and my style. And he loved uh, the way that I played both ways, the sacrifice for the team. So the words that you know he spoke to me were very you know sentimental and uh, really you know, praiseworthy. Um, but me being such a cocky young individual at that time and being older, I just looked at him like, you no, know, you weren't cocky. Come on now. Were you, you? know what I mean? <laughs> he was just a kid just, you know, trying to soften me up to, to, to take the position. That's how I looked at it. <laughs> right. When, when he uh, told you that he emulated things from you, did you cry? No, I didn't cry. I just I was like, "Oh yeah, well, you're gonna learn today because you're gonna get everything firsthand." We went at it. So, so you thought you're gonna bust him? Oh yeah, we bust each other. We, you know, hold on now. It, he he may be Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordans and Reggie Millers and all them walking around, but they they respect me. I don't have to say it. We just gonna have to get it from the horse's mouth. Right. I'm absolutely. not gonna say my own phrases. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I congratulate you. You're humble, just like me. So um, <laughs> I don't know. You're not so humble, man. <laughs> yes, I'm still, I am. <laughs> I'm, still stuck, I'm, still stuck, I'm still stuck on you hanging with the queen and at the parliament. Like, no, no, no. I'm wasn't the queen, dude? That was parliament. Members I of know, parliament. I know, but you. I know it's members of parliament, but you. You gonna keep that queen stuff on the low? I know how you do. <laughs> queen, queen can't stay out that late. So, uh, <laughs> but when you're in practice, when you were in practice and you were up against Kobe Bryant, were there in ABCs? That something that you you uh, put in the back of your mind to be able to guard this guy, or things you knew he was going to try to do to you, or how did you approach that? The only way that you could guard Kobe is to play him straight up because you don't know what he was going to do. This kid would come down and shoot a a left hand jumper. Back then, he I, I'm not joking. Like he shot left hand jumpers if he thought he could get the shot off. So there was not a shot that he felt he could not get. So it was just like you always had to be uh, on guard with him whenever you guarded him because he felt that any time he touched the ball that he could score. So my approach was just to, to really at best to deny him, make it hard for him to get the ball, uh, and then just understand that he's going to try to get a shot off and go to work when he does catch the ball. But um, at that time, he wasn't as in-depth shooter. So, you know, you would back up off of him. And, of course, he could shoot, but 
you had to pick your poison. And, and if and at that time, I was going to let him um, live and die with the jumper. Uh, you ever get under his skin where he was like really mad at you and? Nah, nah, he, nah, nah. He uh, then then you weren't doing no, your job then, brother. You supposed <laughs> no, 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 to you supposed no, no, to get no. him mad at some point. Well, well, well. I put it to you like this: I didn't feel like I needed to get if it, if she had gotten the best in me off. I felt like he kept getting the best in me off. I needed to do something else. I would have tried that, but I didn't need to uh, to devolve <laughs> into hurting him or. You know, getting under his skin. We were just having a good, uh, straight-up one-on-one competition. Yeah, but, you know, hey, hey, look, I'm going to come down on your fellow NBA players. You can get an NBA player mad just by <laughs> emulating his every move where he can't get his shot off. Uh, you take away the lane. They get mad about that. You don't have to push him or anything, but they'll that's get mad true. about that. Absolutely, and that's what I mean. That's what I was doing. You know, I was giving them the same thing because we, we're basically the same player. So going up against <laughs> – him was like you you've seen those memes where uh Spider Man is pointing at each other and it's like yep. you know, the same that exactly that's what it was in practice every day. It was the same thing. It was like guarding yourself and going up against yourself and so it, it would it does become frustrating, um at times, but you still have to will uh or have the will to, to better your opponent. And that's what we did. And that's that's the fun part about it. But at the end of the day, we were teammates. So we weren't trying to really break each other down. We were trying to build each other up. So, Jimmy, you had your run-ins with uh, Shaq, and we all know that Kobe <laughs> and Shaq didn't always get along real well. What do you, did you, you know about those two? Oh, uh, man, just you're talking about two alpha males yep. that feel like the best. You know, and, and it's not just them. You know, they, they got the – the uh, the highlights, obviously, for being, you know, Shaq and Kobe and probably the two best on the court um, at, at, at all times. But, you know, there's other alpha males, too, that's in that locker room. So that's why the job of, a, of an NBA coach really is not – it's not about coaching. It's about managing. You're managing egos. You're managing relationships. You're managing um, guys to communicate better. And and to to come together for a common cause and a goal. That's that's the trick. If you if you have a good philosopher, communicator who has a little bit of psychology uh, in his bag, that's that's the type of guy that will be successful. If you look at the the head coaches who who are successful in this league lately, that's what they do. Um, you know, they're, they're great coaches, but I think they're better managers. Well, they had Phil Jackson, the Zen master, right? Oh yeah. Absolutely. He he, he was Absolutely. uh I, I know it's your boy. He's a little bit of a weirdo, but I liked him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil was a little different. He was he the Zen master, and um, <laughs> I remember uh, Jim Clemens comes from that tree. Jim Clemens was assistant coach with the Bull. Yep. Um, he coached me with the Mavericks and uh, Jim Jackson, Jason Kidd. Um, Eric Montrose, uh, Jamal Mashburn. Um, that squad, we we had a pretty good squad um, that year. And uh, it was Jim Clemens' first year. And I remember he was trying to really make it like Chicago South. Yeah. Uh, we put in the, the triangle um, with – now, can you imagine putting in a triangle with Jason Kidd 
trying. You have the fastest point guard in the league, but you're slowing them up by trying to run a point guard. But I mean, trying to run the, the triangle. But anyway, um, that when he tried to implement that into us, it didn't work because we had a young squad that was built for a different style. So, it, you know, even though the Zen works and it, and it works for certain players and certain teams, it doesn't always work. It didn't transcend. Even though with the talent I just named, it still didn't work on the court. And Jim had us sit in the locker room just like Phil, close our eyes and imagine and, you know, listen to you know, the the air in the room and people breathing and all of that type of stuff. And and you do catch guys, you know, peeking and uh, opening up one eye, looking around and, you know, some giggling and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it... But see, that's my, that's my criticism some, of some coaches. Um, mm-hmm. I have a system and, damn it, you're going to run it. I, I, I think you need to look at your personnel and say, you know what? I got thoroughbreds, so I'm just going to let them lose. So you know what happened? You know what happened to that team that year? Everybody got cut or traded. <laughs> oh, wow. Including, yeah, everybody. Jim Jackson, Mash, Kid, everybody. It was, it was yeah. So the was, system was, was more important than the players in that instance. Right. Yeah, I, I disagree but with I that. Could tell you, but, I could tell you, but I could tell you I did learn how to run the triangle. <laughs> How come guys hate the triangle? I liked it. I loved it because you can't you can't guard it. Like if there's there's always a counter. So regardless of what the defense tries to do, you have a counter to 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 the opposition as long as you know um, how to read, and that's it. It's just a read and react, and that's all basketball is. And if you come accustomed to going to specific spots and everybody learns those spots, you're unguardable. And then if you add players like Scottie Pippen and Jordan and Kobe and Shaq, that you're helps. really unguardable. <laughs> so that helps. <laughs> yeah. So so um, I personally liked it um, to the point that I teach it when I coach. I, uh, I coached it to my high school kids uh, a couple of years ago at eCourse and. We had a very successful year because you could run that play against man or zone. E-course was running a triangle? Yeah, I didn't call it that because I didn't want to get in their head. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I just called it E-course, right? Yeah. And as I was teaching them, I didn't tell them what they were learning. I just said, this is what we're running. This is our motion. I just called it motion, okay. and then I just called it E-course so, um, because I didn't want them to get in their head of actually what they were doing. And then it, 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 was, it took, literally, it took, three straight weeks of relentless practice pounding and not allowing them to divert because they wanted to quit. They didn't want to do it. Uh, it got too difficult because they wanted to revert back to the sloppiness in the way that they were playing before, just you know, kind of haphazardly uh, playing a three-out, two-in, or four-out, one-in, and doing basic stuff. But uh, after they got comfortable and they found out that I wasn't going to back up and they took it seriously. Yeah. It, it, it took like, uh, it took like hotcakes. <laughs> All right. Excellent. They, they ate it up. They I think we should run that in the studio here tomorrow. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, the, we'll run uh, that in the studio tomorrow. Let's get the studio team going to run the triangle. 
hey, I got you. All right. We'll beat everybody. Look, we'll see the corporate league, and we'll run through Metro Detroit. We got to find a point guard, though. <laughs> I'll run point. We, okay, then it's yours. I'm not, I'm not. I'll run point. I'm not. I'm you you not, have I'm to be like Magic, though. You got to run point and oh, yeah. center. <laughs> no, we're going to get a center. Okay. We need a center. Jimmy, I um, I have had my uh, doubts about Phil Jackson um, for for most of my career. I think mm-hmm. Phil Jackson benefits mostly because, I mean, he coached Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Shaq and Kobe mm-hmm. and people like that. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, other people, oh, no, no, he's an exceptional coach. He's an exceptional coach. You, you know, you give anybody that talent <laughs> except Doug Collins, who screwed it up with Michael <laughs> Jordan, that you're going – to be really good why is it in your opinion why am i wrong on this i know you're gonna say i'm wrong but why is phil jackson exceptional outside of the fact that he's got exceptional talent or he's coached exceptional talent because i think what what people discount is that although you're right you're correct about having the talent and running the system but the difference that i think phil gave them that enhanced that is the Zen. And we laugh about it, we joke about it, but ultimately, uh, when you are able to mentally focus and take everything outside and, and focus on that system and your teammates in the game and the game plan, you're prone and you're conditioned to there for, you know, have the best chance of winning. And that's the separation that I give him credit for. And and so I don't know if that's actually coaching. I think that's more of a management type of feel for in order to get your team to do what you need. That's the credit I give Phil for. What's the goofiest book Phil Jackson had you read? <laughs> you uh, said what? The goofiest book he had you read. Because I know you said have players read um, books. Um, I, he never, because I didn't play for him, so I never read a book, or he never gave me a book. But I think the the craziest advice or kind of um, direction I was pointing into was there was an owner who approached me uh, one day and gave me the uh, video of uh, The Last Dragon. <laughs> I don't know if any of you remember the movie Bruce The Last Lee? Dragon with Bruce Leroy. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Leroy. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, he should have given you dolomite, man. <laughs> hey. uh, you know what? I would have taken that as well, but 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 I appreciated uh, giving the last dragon because uh, that just let me know that I had to glow. <laughs> yeah, you did. Hey, I want to I want to I want to go here for Terry. This one's for him for Phil for Phil Jackson. You know, guys, you guys know I'm a Knicks fan, and the last team that won a championship with the Knicks is 1973. Mm-hmm. Phil Jackson was on that team. That's so, right. He That's goes right. home to New York. They give him the keys to the castle, and he makes the Knicks worse than they've ever been oh in their history. Yeah. What I mean, yeah. there you go. Terry hit on the head. There's yeah. no Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah, he, he's There's the no Knicks. Pippen. He's the Knicks' uh, right. Matt Millen. He's Matt Millen you know, of the Garden. But you know, but you know, I think at that moment, I think he was already done. I think he did it because I think he did it. I think he. I think he did it because. Um, and I'm just just purely speculating. Um, for the money? Because he just wanted to be around. Yeah, for the money, and he wanted to be around the game. 
He wasn't even around. He was he was like in, in the Bahamas with Jeannie Buss. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a me sick. Vacation about talking basketball. Honestly, you know, I'm not mad at him for that. The people he, in Detroit he, can't he even look 11, at Matt Miller. Like eleven, right? Eleven championships. Yeah, I'm crazy like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So he was just he was just collecting it. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to the Mecca, and and you know, and hopefully at this point I could just live off my laurels and the name Phil Jackson and guys would want to come here and play for me. I think that's what it was. Well, he's persona non grata now in New York, just like Matt Millen here in Detroit. That's true. That's that's mm-hmm. what team, the bad teams do. They pay guys for what they did, <laughs> not what they're going to do. What they're going to do. I, th- I think mm-hmm. everybody in the New York media you know, said to the Knicks, this is idiotic, don't do it. At first of all, you didn't have him in as a coach. You had him in as a general manager, yeah, but you know player what? personnel. And, you, and y'all know how we talk about, you know, guys that are always being, uh, uh, you know, kind of brought back in or they, they never go away. They always seem to get another job yep. somewhere. Retreads. It's, but, but retreads. But, you know, I'm also encouraged that sometimes those retreads work. If you look at the 49ers and what they're doing, um, uh, Matt Mayhew is the same. It's the same deal. You know, he had some hits and misses here at Detroit, but now he has some, obviously, some success with the 49ers and probably going to win the Super Bowl this weekend. So that's, I stay encouraged just, just by that sometimes, by knowing that uh, it really is a tough thing to evaluate talent. But, you know, it. it Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. It just seems that everybody wins when they leave here. And that's why. Yeah, but he, he's not the man out there, though. No, he's got to answer to like three yeah, he's, people. Yeah, he's one of the people out there. So it's a little bit different there, my man. Okay. He well, didn't do that know, bad a job he's a part here. Of the team. Who? That, but that's what I'm saying. He did a pretty good yeah, job Yeah, he did here, a decent job I mean. of drafting. I mean, don't forget. We had a twelve and fourteen, Terry. We people forget that. Yeah. That's the year they took it yeah. away from uh, okay. us in Dallas. Every NFL team at one point wins eleven or twelve <laughs> not, games. Not the Lions. No, 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 no. <laughs> do you do it consistently? No, because they got rid of them. No, we come to get out. And here. that's it. And that's what. I, and that. And that was kind of the point I was getting at, Bass, too. Is that they always even they bail. You know, They'll show promise, yeah. and then they have a bad season or something, and we, we're ready to get yeah. rid of them. And then we kick them out, and then they go somewhere, and they do what I like. They always become successful. It just blows my mind. Players and management. The sports gods hate the Lions. Let's just face it. They do. <laughs> no, no, no. The Lions are incompetent. You I... let them off the hook by saying the sports gods <laughs> I'm just uh, telling you, no, man. No, 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 it's 64 no. I years. hate that. I, I don't care. You know, 64 years because you got bad ownership. You have bad uh, well, you don't management. think the owners want to win? Yeah, oh but they God. don't know how. So the sports guy, so the sports guy that's over Detroit must be uh, above. You're not kidding. Like, like what God is I don't uh, know. I'm just saying. It's horrible. God must be angry at us. Terry, you can't fail that much. Yes, you without, can. Yes, you can. Listen, there's got to be a jinx listen, or something. There's no, there's no be. damn jinx. Will you guys stop with this jinx crap? There's no damn jinx. You're a bad organization. Okay. Jinx, jinx, jinx. I hear that all the time. You know, this team must be jinxed. No, they must be incompetent. It has to be, it has to be because all three, all three sports right now are struggling. Okay, That's yeah, but you know what? Those other three teams at some point – 
will pick themselves up by the bootstraps and be good. The Lions will not. <laughs> so, so who – okay, so next year, this year, this coming year, yeah. who's going to have the best season? I'm the, going with the Lions. No, 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 the Red Wings. The the Lions the wings, yeah. might yeah, finish the seven and nine next year, but you know what's going to happen? It's an improvement. No, 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 no. It's not an improvement. I know. You remember nine and seven's yes. not good enough. We're going to go in a different yeah. direction. Well. No, but that's right. what they're going to sell us next year, Jimmy. I'm going yeah. to be livid next fall, and I'll tell you why. Here's what's going to happen: the Lions are going to finish seven and nine, maybe eight and, and eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, eight and eight. Right. Let's say they finish mm-hmm. eight and eight. They're going to come out, oh, my God, this team is so much better than it was last year. They're competitive. <laughs> and they're competitive, and uh, they were in the playoff hunt in December. And you know what? Well, This fan base is going to fall it's for the same it. It's the same this year. It's the same as this year, right? We're supposed to be encouraged that we didn't get blown out. Like, even though we won three games this year, what, eight at weight? Eight of those losses were single digits. There you go. Okay, like you that. tell Terry. Jimmy, you tell him, Jimmy. Jimmy, <laughs> on average, in the National Football League, more than half of your games are decided by single digits. I don't buy I'm that. But but uh, here's what I'm that, saying. I'm just trying to find. I'm just trying to find something. Hope. I need some hope. Hey, for my lineman. Don't forget those two games they stole from us in Green Bay. Remember those two too. Oh, absolutely. You know why they stole those games? You know why they were able to? Because when the Lions, and I will admit they got screwed in some games in the past, do you know what the Ford family did about that with the NFL? Nothing. They didn't complain. They didn't go in kicking up their heels. They didn't threaten to go to Ford Motor Company and have them withdraw their ads. They just sit there and just took the ass whooping, took, you know, took the screwing. So the NFL's like, okay, we'll do it again and again and again and again. That's incompetent. Ownership. I can't argue with you. Can't argue there. I can't. I can't argue. <laughs> we can't argue that. No. Right. All right, Jimmy, let me can't ask you a question. What if uh, you're, you're out on the town, you got your gaiters on, and, you, you know, your little silk shirt and everything, and you're looking real good, and somebody slapped your woman? Are you just going to say, oh, wait, wait, hey. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. What? Wait, run that by me again? You out, in, uh, you out on the town, you got your uh-huh. gaiters on. With your uh, silk shirt uh-huh. and your your little fancy pants, and uh-huh. you're having a good time. Jimmy's all smiling and everything. Is and the shirt open? Does uh-huh. he have a chin? Oh yeah, on? yeah, yeah. You got some chest got hairs hanging out. I mean, you 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 having a good time. Somebody goes up and slaps. And I got to wear the gold chain. Oh yeah, you got the gold chain. I said that. Five ten thousand bucks. But somebody goes up, slaps your woman. Are you going to say, "Hey, that wasn't nice"? Are you going to do something? Yeah, it's going to be a problem. Okay. It's going to be a major problem. Okay. Well, the Lions get smacked around, and you know what? They don't do anything. <laughs> what do you want them to do? Complain uh, to the league? We've all said that. Kick their heels? No, they don't, they don't no, do that. No, 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 no. This is what they have to do. What they have to do is they have to establish the culture where they don't play to – or they don't let the calls determine their play. You have to play through regardless. Just like New Orleans. New Orleans has been screwed over the past couple of years, but they still find their way to get back. So, And they bitched about it, too. Yeah, but well, yeah, they bitched about it, but 
you know, but but still, they're 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 still playing the game and they're still leaving it on the field. Like, you know, um, the games that like they had against the 49ers at home, where it was a uh, overtime or no, we got overtime. It was games, in Green like Bay on years, Monday night. Years. Well, not the Lions. We're talking about between um, uh, San Francisco and uh, New Orleans. Oh yeah, and um, and it's just the the fight, right? Like we talked before, when I look at players, I look at how they play. And ironically, I just did a uh, speech over here at Westland uh, for Wayne Memorial Kids with Devin Gardner, and what he specifically mentioned was how uh, he was watching some games. And what he watches is the same thing I'm telling you. He was talking about how players play hard for specific coaches and specific uh, uh, teams. You know, that's a culture thing. And when you don't have that and it's not established, you got guys that are coming here and they'll establish their own culture. And, and, and that's what you don't want. And that's what's missing with the Lions. It's like, what's the identity? When, when guys come as free agents here, who are the Lions, right? So if you got a guy that's strong enough to, to, to take over a locker room, that's what they're going to become. And when the, he leaves, he takes that with them. So the Lions have to establish that first. And when they do, they have to stick with it, and then they'll be good. You'll see them start to turn the corner. But it's not going to change until that happens. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agree with the culture thing because I, you know, when I was a newspaper and I tried to do culture stories on the Lions, mm-hmm. pl- whenever mm-hmm. I bring it up, players just walk away from me. They say, yeah, we don't want to talk they about know. that. Because they, because they, what can you say? What you going to say? Because they're going to have to tell you. They're going to tell you, like, yeah, the culture, what culture? There is no culture. And then you start, you, I mean, there, there's the pot right there. <laughs> you got the biggest spoon ever, and you're stirring it right there. And all you're doing is telling the truth. But they shy away from that because they just don't want the controversy. So until you find a, a strong enough player that's going to be here long term, that, that's going to establish that, or it comes from the organization themselves, it's not going to change. I always ask athletes this question. They always give me the same stock answer. So I'll ask you anyway, Jimmy. When you're getting drafted by an NBA team or an NFL team, God forbid, you know, number three. They're doing this in Vegas this year, by the way, the NFL. They're doing it on top of the Bellagio Fountains. Can you imagine when number three comes up in the Lions? Can you imagine the player they pick just jumps into freaking fountains? I mean, you know, in other words, he'll, he'll drown himself. Get, who wants to get picked by the Lions? I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, you got picked by the Raptors. You had to go to a different country. <laughs> right. I mean, but you didn't so, want to go there, right? Am I te- am well, I yeah, he had to fake it. At yeah. First, yeah, at first, no, I didn't. Who wants to wear a purple uniform? With, with a dinosaur a on it. With a dinosaur yeah. on, the, on the front. Yeah, but like, if somebody asked you how, to, how does it feel to be oh, drafted by Toronto, what would you say? Great. Right. The best thing, <laughs> My dream the came best true. Thing that happened to me. Yeah, yep, dream came true. But you have to. You, can, you have to say that. Okay. You but how do you mean? feel? Well, it depends. It depends on where you're going. Like, if you come into the Lions, it's like um, it's, it's like you you know, it's like a high low. Like, it's the end like, of your oh career God, at the beginning. 
it's like <laughs> it's like you it's like you got you know you finally realize your dream and the family's dream and your friends dream and you can't wait to put on your pads and walk into practice that first day but i couldn't wait after, for that first paycheck after, after after that first day and you start to figure out uh, the culture, and you start seeing those things, though, that's when it starts to change where you realize that it's the business. This is a business. And you're collecting a check. You're going to be professional. You're going to come in. You're going to work. But then you're trying to figure out, how am I getting out of here so I can do with a contender? <laughs> like, that's, 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 that's how I go. You know, did a great job of that, and Dominican Sue. I was just going to say that. He did. He, right. he, 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 and Dominican Sue. But he blew it. He blew it. How did he blow it? He blew it because that day they went out. That was a 12-win team. When they lost to the Cowboys that day, when they took it away from the Lions, and they did, they stole it. And then he cried in the locker room saying, you know, it's probably going to be – he didn't say it was going to be my last game, but he knew it was. If he would have stuck with that team, and I know they gave the money to Matthew Stafford, and we've talked about this before, they could have probably not paid Matthew Stafford all that money right away. They didn't owe him all that money right away. They should have put mm-hmm. it into suit. They should have made him feel welcome here because yeah. he changed the culture here. That we were Absolutely. a feared team, even even though he bites yeah. people. I don't care. Right. <laughs> we were yeah. a feared team. Well, I, I will say this: the, the one no, thing the Lions no, need they need they need a couple assholes yeah. in the locker room. Yes, and he was right. one of them. And yeah, that's what, and he was one. And, shout out, and that's why I was just about to say, shout out to Adamson, a friend of mine, and, and his sister, and and and, and see. I appreciated that because that's what I'm talking about. You have to have someone that's going to come in here, yep. that's willing to be here, establish a culture, and ride with it. And yeah. when we did that, we got one. We had an identity. We did. Like you now, you, you're friends with Indomitian? Yeah. Okay, okay. Do, do yourself a favor. If, you, if you're hanging out with him again, don't bring my name up. <laughs> Say you're doing a podcast. <laughs> it's the king and Maz, Maz show. <laughs> don't, just don't bring me up because he'll he'll look at you and like, okay, whatever. Why? What I'm happened? Gonna to, we I'm had gonna a. We're uh, gonna we gonna have to bring him on so y'all can iron that out. No, nah, no, nah, he, yeah. he that that will never be ironed no, out. It, no, we'll, I wouldn't bring it up. We had a, a a confrontation. Oh well, adversarial uh, interview on uh, my old show on ninety seven one. Did he actually? He came on the radio, or did you do it? Oh, he came on every Monday. Okay. Okay, go ahead. So, what did Mike do after? To him? Uh, no, 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 it was not just Mike. Okay, it was mostly Mike, but it okay. wasn't just him. All right. Um, but you know, Mike was grilling. He was. You could tell he was pissed. So I brought up. Uh, this was when he had stomped. Um, was it Green Dietrich Bay? Dietrich Smith. Yeah, Dietrich Smith. Mm-hmm. But then, in addition, I asked him about his auto accident he got into. Yeah. So he didn't want to mm-hmm. talk about that either. So, whenever I have a um, a problem with an athlete, I go to the locker room. The next opportunity I can. So I think it was no, it wasn't the next day because they were off. But one of the next days I went out there. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to hit me in the face, or punch me in the face, okay, fine. If you wanted to tell me to go, you know, screw myself, then okay, that, that was it. Mm-hmm. But you showed up. I showed up. Yeah. And he was there. Mm-hmm. He looked right through me and just went into the uh, shower like Man. I wasn't even there. Wow. Wow. And he never sure. talked to you again. No. Wow. wow. But you, well, you know, know that's, what? that's that's but that's my job, man. See, I bring people together. I bet you, I, I'm gonna bring you and Dominican yes. together. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mend that relationship, my brother. All right, let, my let's dog. bring on every athlete who hates me and see if you can mend the fences. Okay, I I, I think I could do that, man. I, now I got something to. I'm focused. Oh, you a I peacemaker, huh? 
Yeah. Who else did you do you know wrong? I, mean? uh, I, I didn't do him wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but uh, let me see. And Dominican Sue doesn't Vinny Johnson. like me. Uh-huh. Vinny Johnson didn't like You know why Vinny didn't like me? Because I would write in the, in the paper, Vinny Johnson, his last eight year day, uh, last eight games was six for 51. I remember this. So he was six for 51 shooting. Every time I wrote that, Vinny would bust 26 or 27 points the next game. And then, you know, we're talking to him afterwards, and he said, yeah, some people say I'm in a shooting slump. And he looked dead at me. Then he would go over to me and say, this is not a shooting slump. This is his explanation. Uh We have to say, I'm only taking five or six shots a game. So if I was, you know, if I was taking 15 shots a game, right, and that that's a shooting something. But I'm not getting my right. touches. I'm not getting right. lathered up. So that was his thing. That's the way he approached right. it. Good idea. And that's that's a real thing. That's real. But it's still a slump, dude. Touches, no, it is, but it's not the same. And and he's he's right. He's right about that. See, I'm a man. He's nice. All right. I'm <laughs> That's a man, true. I'm a man. But I got it. I got it. Yep. So Sue and so Vinny Johnson. Now, Vinny, Vinny Johnson is, is correctable. Okay, good. He he can't he can't patch up Sue. Uh, well, Sue's still playing. Yeah. He's still uh, yeah. angry. Vinny is over it already. Yeah, well, you nah, can still <laughs> get stuff over it. No, but um, I, I tell you what. I tell you who else didn't like me, but they like me now. Kirk Gibson. Gibby. Yes. Because he went on a, um, he was the coolest guy to kind of blow me off or tell me, no, I'm not talking to you. Uh, he went to uh, Toledo for rehabilitation. And there was, um, he flew down, but there was a, um, you could tell he didn't want to interact with fans. So, they, you know, there was a part That's where, he, yeah, he had to walk from the dressing room to the field and the fans were all there wanting autographs. Sure. So Boogivy went right through him. And so uh, my lead, because I was writing a column on Kirk Gibson being in Toledo, I said, every step Kirk Gibson took, he lost another fan. Because, you know, they were pissed off and he didn't want to sign. Yeah, And, you know, part of it... He was so ruthless. He's a badass. Yeah, that's right. I'm, a, I'm supposed to be a badass. Yeah. <laughs> you you didn't want to do uh, uh you didn't want to do a show with a wimp, did you? No, I don't know. I, hey, I, I'm not complaining. I love it. Okay, you know what I'm saying. You want me to come on here every week and say, "Hello, Jimmy, right. you're my hero." I'm just so happy to be nah, here. Nah, we wouldn't. Nah, we wouldn't cut it, man. We gotta, <laughs> gotta call the ripples, man. You know, right? <laughs> so, but what happened was when he came back to Detroit. Of course, I wanted to talk to him. And uh, so I, I approached him, and he said, um, I'm just not going to be talking to you for a while. Wow. And so, uh, I mean, he was real cool yeah. about it. So um, so I said, all right, cool. So we went on. And, like, it was like three weeks later. He's in the locker room, and he said, uh, I, I'm talking to you now. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> the but, embargo uh, was over. Yeah, it, it was done. Yeah. You, you know, three weeks you're that's in cool. my yeah, yeah you're cool. in my house and that's cool right and that's, I, and I and I really respect that VJ it's probably the same for VJ and Indomit no the it's the same with VJ because we've <laughs> talked we've talked since and Dominican that one's not plat, patch upable and and I think part of that has to do with Mike oh most of it some of it I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna put it all on him but he don't care Mike Mike was rough on him but 
So that was a there, good identity. Is there's what I was, only my one point was. athlete slash former athlete I need to get uh, get along with. Jimmy King. Jay King. That's it. The rest of them then go to hell. You know, hey, well, you know I appreciate that, my man. And if, if you got the reputation of being a hard ass, I'm love. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We 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 I'm on your team. We teammates now. You know what I mean? Bam. Nobody breaks nobody breaks the bond. Nobody comes over and breaks our circle just like we just like if we was on the court hooping or we were on the field. You know, playing. It's not a circle, Jimmy. Well, it's a triangle. See, it's a I, triangle. I, I don't think I was That's a hard ass, trying. but I just wanted to tell my truth. Uh, for instance, I used to, we didn't. It wasn't an adversarial thing, but I used to get into discussions with John Sally because he'd want me to hook him up with something. I said, "Dude, I don't write for you. I write for the people who buy this dinner, buy this paper." Now, every year I would write this about Sal. Sal. Here, here's the playoff. Sally's about to show out, and he did. But that wasn't me hooking up my boy. It was like, this is the reality. This is what right, he's going to do. Reality. Right. He showed up. He showed up. And I respect that. I respect that because you're not going to let anybody push you off your square. You're not going to lose your journalistic integrity by, for someone doing a favor for someone. I appreciate that. And guys should know better. They should know not to ask for a favor. Like, if that's what you see, like – See, this is the player I am. See, you come to me, you be like, hey, Jim, you know what I mean? You like five for 50, what's happening? Like, you, you slumping what? I'm going to have an answer for you. I ain't running from that. Because even if I'm taking five or six shots a game and it may seem like I'm in a slump, or I went 0 for 20, I'm going to give you an answer. So I think it just depends on the individual. And that's why I got your back. Okay, smooth. I'm all good, man. Life is better now. So, <laughs> no, nah, man. I need you to ruffle some feathers, but I got you back. <laughs> okay, smooth, 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 smooth. Now, I know we uh we have to go in a little bit, but I I got to ask you this quick uh, question. Uh, we had a generation of players who wanted to be like Mike. We had a generation of players who wanted to be like Kobe. Now I'd assume we have a younger players who want to be like LeBron. Who's the next player? That the that the the following generation, maybe in high school or, or middle school, mm. will want to be like, or they should emulate. Do you have a uh, candidate? Mm. <clears throat> I think right now that candidate is probably going to be starts with a Z. Zion you got Williamson. It. You got it. I think he's going to be the one that kids and and people emulate just for like. I, and I haven't even watched him much. You know, because I want him to get in shape and I want him to get his legs under him. Because it's going to be some up and downs, even though he's doing great right now in the senior minute. And he's averaging like 18 and 8 in like 24 minutes, which is ridiculous. But I think he's going to be that guy uh, because he has a desire. I think he uh, he's humble. And um, and we'll see as as his game develops if, if, if he really becomes that true icon. Um, that we think he can. But my guess would be Zion. And my second guess, um, John Morant. Even though he's in a small, yep, is, is John Morant. Yeah, you it, like because him? Because he's so, he's I love so dynamic. He's so dynamic and he plays the game the right way. Plays both ends. Um, he doesn't complain. He doesn't try to show anybody out. Um, he just goes about his business. And then I'll give you a third one. Uh-oh, go but, on with your bad self. <laughs> Tell me, R.J. Barrett. Well, 
RJ, I like RJ. I like RJ a lot. But when we talk about really, uh, you know, kind of kids emulating and dy- uh, you know, in a dynamic fashion, I'm going with the kid from Atlanta. I'm going with, um, oh my God, what's his name? The uh, oh, uh, Trey. Trey. Oh, Trey, uh, Trey Young. Uh, Young. I'm going with Trey Young because he's he's that dynamic. But the thing, my criticism about him is which he's definitely going to have to improve is his defense because right now he's rated the worst in the league. He could shoot. Right, but he's the worst defensively. Yeah. We so. forgot Luka Doncic. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, what about Luka Doncic? You know Stop the Preston. Yeah. Yes. Luka is definitely top two. Yes. So I go Zion, Luka. Yep. And, and not necessarily in that order. Correct. Because Luka may be number one. And thank you for thank you for yeah. bringing him up. It just hit that me. kid right there yeah. is yeah. No, that kid is legit. He's the real deal. Uh, I love his game. You know, he's poised under pressure. He's a you know point forward basically. Dallas but, um, is going to be good. Yeah, Dallas is going to be great for the next four years because they got Porzingis. Oh, uh, you know me. who's going to come around? He's coming off a severe injury. Heck yeah, and that kid they're they're going to look kind of like Denver in the next couple of years. You know, just a complete. Yeah, I, I like Trey Young. In fact, I uh, one of my boys, um, Vinny Goodwill, who we call Mini Vinny. Uh, mm-hmm. One of his first columns he wrote for Yahoo Sports as he left the news to go to Yahoo. Yeah. He went to Trey Young's first game. It was on the road mm-hmm. in New York, and he didn't have the best game. And he mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I he didn't trash him, but was kind of rough on him. And I, mm-hmm. I, I called Mini Vinny up. I said, "Dude, first game." On the road, this guy's going to be good. I and mean, I thought you were a little heavy-handed with him. Just give him, you know, let him breathe a little bit. So um, I think uh, Trey Young has uh, handled himself very well. I saw him in the opener against the Pistons. He he couldn't be stopped in that first quarter. He was mm-hmm. he was basically going over half court and putting up Steph Curry shots. Right, this kid. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Only yeah. thing about him, he's got a crazy hairdo. <laughs> I, I think yeah. he's got that because he's, uh, he's losing his stuff a little bit. And he's screwed. He's in Atlanta. Yeah, they don't care about sports in Atlanta. They're horrible. No, 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 brother. Have you ever have you ever played in Atlanta? No one cares. They don't care. I'm talking about the fans. Don't care. They don't. They haven't cared since Pete Maravich. That's right. And and that was my my boy when I was little. I used to wear the floppy socks like Pistol Pete. That's right. Maybe Mike Vick. I might have liked Mike Vick a little. Oh, yeah, they liked him. They liked him. Yeah, so. Mike was the man. Oh, wait, don't forget about Dominique, too, now. That's true. Dominique Wilkins is the monster. Yeah, but you – yeah, he is – he was, he was a great player. But, you know, my 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 problem with Dominique, you know, after they lose by 20, I see him in the locker room looking <laughs> at the stat sheet and say, hey, I got mine. I got mine. Got mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy, take it easy there, bro. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow, brother. Yes. See you tomorrow. See Unless you tomorrow. he's boycotting me. Don't boycott. No. Like a Dominican Sue. The fabulous I one. Back. I got your back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll see you. See you, fabulous one.